CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Dig back into your seven-year-old self and ask yourself what made you happy when you were a kid that you made. And then you can spark that creativity again. And then you can bring it into your adulthood with creating these spaces in your home. And you can just use a little slice of a corner. Welcome to Being Home with Hunker, a podcast where we explore the idea of home, not just as a place where you live, but as an expression of your identity. I'm your host, Lori Gunning-Grossman, Editorial Director at Hunker. Today on the show, we have Etsy's in-house trend expert, Dana Isom-Johnson. Dana, who is also a judge on NBC's Making It, a crafting competition hosted by Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman, has been at Etsy since the early days, over 10 years. As Etsy's trend expert, she's passionate about connecting shoppers with products that complement their personal style. She keeps her finger on the pulse, and that is no small feat with 5.2 million business owners on Etsy. But working with the sellers is what she loves. Dana believes that everyone is creative, even those who say they don't have a creative bone in their body. She encourages us to reconnect to when we were children and to remember what made us happy when we were younger. And then we can bring a piece of that into our home spaces. We talk about home trends, how she created her position at Etsy, her list of personal favorites, including books, home scents, and Etsy finds. And we also hear about her experience of becoming a landowner for the first time, including a powerful story behind buying this special piece of land. It's truly beautiful. So let's welcome our guest, Dana Isom Johnson. I'm so excited to dig in on some things with you, Dana. You started at Etsy in the early days of Etsy. Oh, yeah. I've been here for, uh, I just celebrated my 10-year Etsyversary uh, in the fall of last year. So now I'm a 10-plusser. And it's just been 
Wow. Uh, what a joy to see the company grow so much and, and have the awareness stretch to so many people. And, and even just the mindset of shoppers really wanting to support small businesses and find unique items. So I've loved every step of the way. So what was the initial spark that brought you to Etsy? Yeah, so before Etsy, I was actually at Chico's and White House Black Market and those trio of brands. And I was working in PR and marketing. And I said, gosh, you know what? This internet thing, I think internet <laughs> shopping <laughs> is going to hmm. be a thing. That, that like shows my age a bit. But it was right when the e-commerce boom was happening. And I had purchased a friend, um, I'll never forget, one of the wire hangers that says like Mrs. Such and Such, and you hang the wedding dress on it. Yeah. And that was my first introduction to Etsy. And I said, man, I think this place is really cool. I want to look into it, see if I can get a gig there. And sure enough, I, I walked in and I was just kind of blown away and I, I got the job and I, I started actually in PR and marketing when I first started with Etsy. And then just kind of by chance, I was training someone to go on Good Morning America for our very first television segment surrounding the wedding category. And they weren't able to to do the segment. And, you know, as a PR person, you never give up a morning television gig. You just don't <laughs> no. do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I had a conversation with our agency at the time. And I said, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? This is just this is a nightmare. They said, actually, Dana, we, we have an idea. Um, you wrote the messaging, and I actually think you would you would do well doing this. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. But I, I really had no choice. So the very next day, I went on Good Morning America and did the wedding segment. And I tell everyone who's ever asked me this, but I've never felt so alive, like I was stepping into my purpose before in my life. So after that day, I went to my supervisor and I said, hey, listen, I want to morph this into a role. I want to be able to tell shoppers and tell the media like how they can discover Etsy. I want to give the stories behind the items. And I want to dig into the data and talk about in real time what people are shopping for and how that relates to the outside world trends and how they kind of collide. I love that you carved out this position for yourself. Thank you. Is that something that you've done your whole life? Do you just have ideas, creative ideas, and you just make it happen? I think more so than that, I've just been kind of a risk taker mm. my entire life. I mean, I grew up in a very, very small town called Louisa County, Virginia, teeny tiny speck of a town. And I just always kind of had aspirations of um, moving to the big city. And, you know, I thought originally I wanted to be a wardrobe stylist. And then I thought I wanted to be a buyer. Um, and then, you know, the, the dreams kept going. For me, it was really just like stepping out and trying something new. I've never been scared to step out and try something new in terms of creativity. Yeah. Before we started recording this, we were talking a little bit. You mentioned your dad was a military man. Yeah, yeah. My dad is a Navy man. He was in the Navy for, oh my gosh, he's going to be upset if I don't get this number right. Uh -oh. I don't know. Like, let's say 30 years. But he instilled, you know, that very rigid schedule. Um, and my mom is a retired social worker. So I think the combination of giving and uh, wanting to hear about people's stories and learn about where people come from comes from my mom and her social work background. And 
My very driven and rigid mindset comes from my dad, and my dad is also like a secret fashionista (laughs) and loves putting on his Sunday's best and doing all the things. Ooh, I love it. Yeah. So as I'm hearing you tell the story that you went to your supervisor or your manager and said, this is what I'm envisioning for a job for myself. It's very can-do, scrappy, let's get it done. Do you resonate with this? Like, is this an Etsy sort of way as well? With Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about this a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think scrappy is just, it's kind of been in my DNA from when I first started working because anyone who's ever worked in PR, you know that, okay, there's a little bit of glamour, but there's also a lot of scrappiness, yeah. whether you're taping up boxes or doing whatever. And so taking that mindset with me to Etsy, especially since we were very much so at the startup phase at that point. And it was really just like, listen, we're we're fairly new. Like, how can we share these stories? How can we get people excited about, you know, shopping for things that you're not going to find anywhere else, period? Mm-hmm. Did you do any of that yourself as you were growing up or even now, like DIY, making things, crafting things? Yeah, I would never call myself an expert mm-hmm. in making, but I've always enjoyed making things. I mean, growing up, like I said, I grew up in very rural town, Virginia. So we, you know, made mud pies and my imagination was crazy. And, and I would play like, um, I remember I had a swing set. And remember that old show, American Gladiator? Mm-hmm. And so I remember like, making stories and making little things that shot off the swing set. And I said, okay, if I make it to this platform and that platform, then I'm going to win the gold. And so imagination has always been top of mind for sure. I love it. Now, let's talk about some trends. Yeah. How do you find trends? How do you discover what's trendy? You know, I've, I've thought about this before. I'm like, is it just someone who's like, you know what, this year the color is Yellow, canary yellow. (laughs) You know, I'm like, can I just start making up trends? But I know it's not actually like that. I mean, I'm imagining it's not. Tell me how you find the trends. What's the magic behind it? I don't know about other platforms and how they discover, but for Etsy, we rely solely on data and what's happening in the real world, in real time. So, for instance, this year uh, we titled our color of the year emerald green. And based on the data, we saw spikes in people searching for the color emerald green. So just to pull a number out, we saw a 153% increase in searches for emerald green items. Now, when we we take that and then we think back and say, okay, but why? Like, what, what is the why behind this? And so then it's up to me and then the members on my team as well to really look into, okay, what does green stand for? Oh, well, emerald green is all about balance and harmony and a little bit of, of regalness as well. And guess what? We're all craving for that right now in the world. We mm-hmm. we want balance. We want harmony. We have been through a hell of a ride over the last two years plus. So I think especially when it comes to home decor, people are influenced by what's happening in the world in real time. Mm. Were you also seeing things like comfort-related items? Absolutely. Yeah, I think comfort is key. Listen, again, we're spending so much time at home. So if you want to spend time 
in your home, you want it to be comfortable. You want it to be comfortable. You want it to be functional. And if you are spending a lot of time in these rooms, you want to look around and smile and feel like, oh my gosh, this is my oasis. Mm, Yes, I, I completely agree with that. And it is something that we talk about on this podcast being that our homes now more than ever are reflections of our identities. Absolutely. Our homes are functioning in greater ways than they have in a long time. So with some of these trends that you've seen, whether it's the emerald green color or setting up a work from home space, what have you incorporated? Well, Lori, <laughs> yeah. no one no one can see this right now because this this is not a, a visual situation, but Lori knows that I am sitting in my guest room slash office. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I've done that, but then also I I think for me, making sure my home is comfortable and allows me to really meditate. Those moments of reflection are very important to me. Mm. So for instance, like right now I'm in the process of redoing a little nook. It's not big. It's just, it's really just a wall in my bedroom. And I bought this really great meditation kind of mat and bean bag. And then I'm going to do a wall of just like really beautiful, calm artwork. And I'm going to put some singing bowls there. And it's it's just a space that like that I need that I need yeah. to have in my in my room. I love this. Is this something that is part of your daily routine now, even though you're setting up the space? But like meditation rituals, is that something that's important to you in your daily life? Yes, yes, absolutely. It's the first thing I do when I wake up, and many times it's what puts us to sleep at night. Tell me about your morning routine a little bit. I love the mornings so much. They're my jam. And so when I hear other people seize the mornings in certain ways, I'm always so curious, like, what they do and and why. Why is that meaningful to you? How does it set up for your day? I'm with you. It's not a lot of morning birds out there. I know. <laughs> but the earlier, the better for me. I typically wake up between 5.30 um, and 6, but most likely 5.30 I get in a meditation. Uh, I do a morning workout. I love like HIIT workouts or mm-hmm. um, I do hot yoga sometimes if I get up early enough and make it to the studio. And then I draw a tarot card to start off my day as well, just to kind of see where my mind is, set my intentions and get my day started. Because for me, if I don't start my day off with positivity it has the potential to sway left, and I don't even want to give it that chance. I'm with you 100%. And I love hearing that you're setting up a space in your bedroom for this practice. Yeah. You know, because sometimes I think people might get caught up in the idea of like, well, I don't have an entire room to do what is passionate to you, whether it's meditation or art. Mm -hmm. But we can make spaces anywhere, no matter the size of the space. Absolutely. I think it's all about just digging deep into that creativity. This is where that creativity comes. I think a lot of people can sometimes get very nervous when you challenge them to be creative. I've had so many people over my Etsy lifetime or have seen me on TV and say, ah, I don't have a creative bone in my body. I don't believe you. That's not true. (laughs) It's not true. Because, Lori, if you think back to it, all of us as children are creative. 
You all made something. I don't know if it was a picture, a popsicle house, a daisy, a dandelion necklace, whatever it was, you were playing, you had an imagination, and you were creative. What happens is we we grow up and we try to be too cool for school and you you drop that and then all of a sudden you think, I'm not creative. Yes, you are. Dig back. Dig back into your seven-year-old self and ask yourself what made you happy when you were a kid, what you made. And then you can spark that creativity again. And then you can bring it into your adulthood, like, you know, with creating these spaces in your home that, like you said, don't need to be designated rooms. Yeah. You can just use a little slice of a corner. Yeah. So your mom was a social worker. Your dad was a military man. Mm-hmm. What experiences of your past now shape the way that you design your home, the way you set up your personal space? Yeah. So I think because I'm a Southern girl at my core, food and fellowship is at the forefront, yeah. right? So I make sure that my family has a slice of almost every space in, in my home because I always have to be reminded where I come from. So whether that is my great-grandmother's cast iron skillet that I cook with in my kitchen or, you know, memories of us in a picture. So I just, I have to be surrounded by some type of family memory in every space. And I think that's too, because I haven't lived in the same state as my family since I was 17. So it's very mm-hmm. important for me to keep them close. And then the second is I love to travel. And boy, have I been missing it in this very odd time that we are in, in the world. And so I always try to make sure to have mementos of travel and memories with whether it's my husband or my friends or my family, but I always have a slice of that. Like, again, people can't can't see this, but over my shoulder that you can see behind me, Lori, is this really awesome wooden piece of artwork that someone drew, one of my favorite ladies, Frida Kahlo. And so they drew it on a slab of wood. And I got that when I was in Mexico City and so every time, especially in my workspace, if I'm feeling a little challenged, I said, ah, Frida would push through. So I keep her <laughs> over my shoulder. Oh, I love that. Items that we have in our home, products have energy. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like I imagine your cast iron skillet from your great grandmother. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The stories that that skillet could tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really neat. You know, it's also making me think about one of the things that I think people resonate so much probably with Etsy are the handmade items, the fact that a person used their hands yes. to make something. And so many people that I talk with on this podcast do talk about they need several things, many things in their home to be handmade yes. because of that energy and the maybe the slight imperfection where there's beauty in that slight imperfection. Oh, yeah, the wabi-sabi of it all, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And it's whether the item is custom or personalized or just handmade, and tying it back to the energy that you're talking about, when you make something, and I think about this myself, when I make something and I give it to someone, the feeling that I feel that I made this especially for you – 
I poured my heart and my soul and my talents in this item just for you. I hope that that's the same way, and I think it's the same way, that many people feel when they open a package that arrives from Etsy. Yes, the item is handmade, but then also most of our sellers send a really nice handwritten note along with the item. And it just adds to the meaning Mm -hmm. of the item. I, I really think that as a culture... Our mindsets have shifted from, I got to get this thing, I got to get this thing, I got to get this thing, to instead being more conscious and saying, what is it that I really want to have in my home? And how how does that reflect my personal style, my personality, my own story? Um, because even for me, I just, I, I have no interest in, in getting just stuff. Yeah, I agree with that. And I feel like even now more than ever, especially in this past two years, that that's shifted for a lot of people as well. Yeah. Not just wanting stuff, craving meaning yeah. and connection. Yep. And I've ordered many of things on Etsy. And when I get a package and there's a handwritten note, it delights me every single time. Yeah. And it surprises me, too, I feel like. Not saying that it's coming from Etsy, but just to say, I say, oh, my God, there was a person there. Yeah. And they wrote me a note. And they took, even if it's just a little something. Yeah, yeah. There's something so lovely about that. Yeah. There's a face behind the item. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting back to something you were saying before that you have not lived near your family since you were 17. Yeah. I did read that you recently became a landowner. I did. Close to your family? Across the street, to be exact. Oh, my gosh. Tell me about this, because this story behind this is really wonderful. Yeah, so my parents live on the last 11 acres of 300 acres that was given to my great-great-grandmother by her slave master. 
And over the years, you know, family, they sell things and some fortunate to me, but I don't know what that decision process was like for them. So I don't want to judge them on that at all. But it has always been a very big goal to me to reclaim as much land as I could back. And uh, I've been looking in Virginia for a really long time to to find the right thing, the right property. And, you know, some things just didn't work out along the way, but it's because they weren't meant to. I'm a very big believer in that because a few months later after I thought I was going to close on another property, the land across the street from my parents went up for sale and I happily... Got that, closed the deal, um, and so I am on my way to claiming back as much as I can, and that one day will will be the home of my my farmhouse, um, my slice of Virginia, because, you know, as much as I, I love New York and will be a New Yorker until the day I die, before all, I am a Virginia girl. So um, that was a very big moment for me. I imagine so. I get chills hearing that. And it's uh, it's so, it's beautiful. It's powerful. It's magical. Thank you. And so you envision building a home there. Yeah. Your farm, you said? Yes, I'd like to. Oh, yeah. A dream. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And someday, do you see yourself living there full time? Is this just a, a place to have? Are you envisioning that further down the line? Uh, you know, I don't think I'm ready for slow pace Virginia right right now. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's home to me. So I imagine that this will be a vacation home, a holiday home, a whenever I want to go home and, and walk around in the grass home. So that is the plan. How was that for your parents when they heard that you <gasps> bought this land? Oh, my gosh. My mom. Tears, tears, tears. And then she immediately went to, oh, my God, you're moving home. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm not. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, Mom. <laughs> yeah. But you have land across the street. So right. that's right. a start. Yeah. Exactly. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. That is really wonderful. Thank you. I have a couple of short questions I wanted to pop out to you. Oh, okay. To get some answers on. So, okay. When you're at home, yeah. What is your favorite music to play? Oh, Lori, that is the hardest question ever. Come on. Okay, on a Saturday night, on a Monday night, do you break it up? Is it a feeling? Okay. Okay, go. I'm going to tell you what. I'm a 90s R&B chick. Okay. So, I am happiest when I've got like Mary J. Blige or um, anything from the bad boy era. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, that's my jam. Okay. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite book or books on your bookshelf, nightstand, coffee table, any of those places. Okay. My number one favorite book is The Color of Water. And I say that because that is the book that my husband and I first connected over, and that's how we got to our first date. He gave me Ooh. the book and said, read this, and I'll I'll have to get the book back from you, so that's how I'll see you again. Mm. So He said with a wink. Mm-hmm. He did. He did. <laughs> and you know what? I love um, Vanishing Half. I just read Ooh. about a month ago. It's an incredible book. Very, very good. I think it's about to be a movie as well. Okay. Like it. Vanishing half. Mm-hmm. Favorite scent at home, whether it's candle, incense? 
I love eucalyptus and citrus. So lemon, clementine, all of those. Those are my favorites. Yes. Favorite houseplant. Are you a plant person? I love houseplants, but you know what? My husband keeps them alive. He's really the green thumb, and we name all of them. We've got ZZ, who's our ZZ plant, obviously, mm-hmm. and Figgy, who's our fiddle leaf plant, who okay. I love. Okay. <laughs> They're like our little green children. Cute. But you know what? I'm going to say my basil that I just keep on the table just because I love basil and it smells so good. I can use it to cook. I do all the things with it. By the way, fiddle leaf fig tree, that's not easy to keep alive. I'm clapping it up for Ryan Johnson because I don't do it. But it looks beautiful. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I love it. What are some of your favorite finds from Etsy? And it can be in any category. Ooh, any. It could be fashion, home decor, anything. Okay. Um, so I many. I know you've been there for 10 years. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got a lot of them. <laughs> but I tell you what, I buy so much jewelry. Everything I have on today is mm. all Etsy. Okay. But this one particular piece that I absolutely love, and I, I literally just bought this Two weeks ago. So she's she's new on my neck. This is an Etsy seller who is inspired by tarot cards and makes pendant necklaces based on each card. Ooh. So the necklace that I have on is based on the star card. And because it's supposed to bring lightness and and the sun and just happy, positive feelings. So you say, oh, what a better, no better thing than to keep around my neck. So I love our jewelry, linen, everything, like this linen duvet covers on both the beds that I have in my space. I love. They are so comfortable and lightweight. Yes. Gosh, I love the artwork that we have on Etsy. It's so diverse. Of course, the furniture. Yeah. Now, people can't see this podcast right now. Um, They can't see, but behind you, you have your wall decorated with what you said are Etsy stickers. We talked a little bit about this before we got going here. And it looks so cool. Thank you. And such an easy way to dress up a wall. The easiest. And I love it. And people can see this if they go to your Instagram page. They can see Yeah. They can see this. Yes. Um, <laughs> but it's such a cool idea because you're not investing in wallpaper. No. Um, you're not painting. You know, there's some people that either choose not to have wallpaper or paint. Maybe they're renting. Maybe they just don't want to. But this is such a great little tip you got going on there. Great idea. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. You know what? There are really great things about renting. And then there are other things that, um, you know, can hinder you from from doing all the things that you want. However, these wall decals are really great solution to if you want to add that extra oomph to your wall. They come in sheets. And the ones that I have on my wall are, if you type in Etsy into the search bar, I just did a search of brushstroke wall decals. So that it looks like, like if if you're standing in here, the way that the stickers, it looks like someone took a paintbrush and was just kind of did messy brush strokes. Yeah. This is great for me because when we decide to move, I can just easily pop these off 
without any damage to the walls. So this is a great trick for any apartment dwellers. Or even, you know, I've talked to some people who who do wall decals for nurseries or kid rooms because it's easy to swap out as the kids get older and they want to put their own stamp on, you know, what they want their room to look like. It's a really great solution for that as well. That's a really great idea because... I have kids, too. And I remember, like, before I knew it, they suddenly wanted to decorate their rooms their own way. Yeah. I didn't have as much of a hand in it. So that's a great idea. Yeah. So you have been at Etsy for 10 years, as we have said. What keeps you there? What makes you proud about working at Etsy? Like, you know, is it their mission? What inspires you to keep working with this company? Yeah, several things. But I think the number one reason is, without a doubt, our seller community. There is not a day that I am not inspired by some artists, inspired by their work, inspired by their story. Uh, They make me want to do more. They make me want to be more creative. I think in many ways, coming to Etsy reawakened a creative spirit in me. Even though I always liked it, I didn't necessarily put it as a priority And what it's done for me mentally to be able to express myself creatively is just, it's unmatched. Mm -hmm. And so I am grateful each and every day for the the sellers who I'm able to connect with or even just see their their items online. I'm blown away. Um, And then, you know, there are not a lot of people in this world who can say that they actually get along with their colleagues and really enjoy the time that they spend with them. And even in this very odd time of not being able to connect with my Etsy family as as much as we would have in the office, you can't take that for granted. Can't take it for granted. I love Mm. them. I just have a couple more questions for you. Sure. So back to your home. Yeah. And back to how we said before, what we think about at Hunker is that our homes are expressions of our identities. Yes. How does your home now, I know you've said you've been there for about eight to nine months. Uh Uh-huh. How does your home tell your story? Yeah. So I think it's those tidbits of our travel where we've been and touched and seen and all those things. Um, family, 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 family is nothing more important to me than family. And so I, I have to have slices of that. And then my husband and I are very, very into all things film, television. I mean, my husband's an actor and, you know, I do TV things as well. And we just love any and all things television. Mm. So it is a requirement for our living room to be a space that we can get as cozy, wrapped up in the chunkiest blanket, invite our friends over, and just really experience fellowship. Mm. If you can't have comfortable fellowship opportunities in our home, it's not a home. Mm, So beautiful. And then finally, being that our podcast is called Being Home with Hunker, what does being home mean to you? Okay, Being home to me means being comfortable, being safe. I think safety is is a key factor here. And then also feeling like the moment you walked in the door, you are embraced in the warmest hug of all of your favorite things. I love it. I'm coming over, Dana. So Come on, come on. (laughs) 
Come on, I will make you a mean cocktail. We'll watch some TV, and you know what? I'll fry something up for you in my granny's pan, and it'll be wonderful. Oh, I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you, Lori. Thank you so much. Of course. Bye, Dana. To learn more about Dana, check out her current favorite finds on Etsy at etsy.com forward slash featured forward slash Dana. That's spelled D-A-Y-N-A. Or find her on Instagram at Dana Isom Johnson or check out her website, DanaIsomJohnson.com. Be sure to visit our show notes for direct links to where you can discover everything that's going on with Dana Isom Johnson. Thank you for listening to Being Home with Hunker. For more information about this episode or others, visit hunker.com forward slash podcast. And if you don't already, please follow our show. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. It really does help. Being Home with Hunker is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Eve Epstein is our executive producer. The podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio. Theme music by Jonathan Grossman. Special thanks to our team at Hunker, Senior Designer Maury Men, and Director of Audience Development Gina Goff. Hunker's mission is to inspire and empower you to create a space that expresses who you are, shows off your unique style, and makes your life happier and more productive.